You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Indians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7. If you want to hear that story, if you want to hear kind of my story as a writer slash media person before I came over to uh, Locked On, uh, you can go hear all of that uh, on the Friday podcast from last week where I I kind of went in depth. I talked about what uh, my own personal history was as a writer and how I kind of came to be uh, here at Locked On. And there were some, like I said, there's some interesting facts in there. You can hear about what happened when Scout went under. You can also find out about fun things like uh, how I had access to Brian Cashman's email for a short period of time. Uh, Yeah, so go check that out. I want to mention Locker Room. If you want to hear more fun stuff, question me about some things, you can always hop on the Locker Room chats I do once a week, typically on Saturday nights. We will do a quick recap here at the top. So in this mock, I had Marcello Mayer 1. That is almost a consensus one most places. Henry Davis is probably your sleeper selection there. I know in my mocks when I write them, I talked about who the sleeper is, so I'm going to put those back in. Uh, So some bonus coverage if you were a team who I already covered. I had Lighter at 2 because their history has been conservative. If they do decide to go against the the conservative history, I think Jordan Lawler as the local kid makes the most sense with that selection there at two to the Rangers. Jackson Job is to the Tigers now. Uh, your sleeper would be Brady House if they decide to go with the bat instead of the pitcher. That is another one that's pretty chalk on most boards, or most, most mocks, I should say. For Khalil Watson, uh, who I had left in the draft, I think Kumar Rockers is the sleeper there, maybe Henry Davis. Uh, if the they decide to go with a uh, more conservative pick to Boston, I know they've been mostly linked to college players, but again, Bloom coming from Toronto, that's not the approach there to take the safer pick. At five, Davis, Henry Davis to Baltimore. Again, it's just analytical approach. I have a hard time seeing them pass on him. Jordan Lawler is your sleeper because they do not have shortstop depth and analytical base teams know the value of having tons of up-the-middle talent. At six, I have Jordan Lawler going to Arizona. Sleeper, Matt McLean, who I know they still really like, who was their first-round pick all those years ago. And who, if he doesn't break his thumb, I mean, he might have played his way into that sixth overall pick. Kumar Rocker at seven, sleeper Brady House. Based on who's left, uh, they do have a history of liking power bat, big name, prep talent, Bobby Witt Jr., anyone. Uh, Eight, House, sleeper Sal Freilich, if they decide to go conservative for the Rockies. Nine, Bubba Chandler, sleeper. We'll go Ty Madden, the college arm, in case they want someone a little closer to the big leagues. 10, Sam Bachman to the Mets as a player who could help them this year if they wanted. Sleeper Sal Freilich as he does kind of fit the mold and the profile with that selection. So let's go to the Washington Nationals at 11. Fascinating team, fascinating history. So they have drafted four uh, pitchers in a row in the first round. Carter Kaboom was the last position player, and before him they drafted three pitchers in a row. Uh, mostly college arms. Uh, the la- the only... So Lucas Giolito was one of those. And then Mason Denneberg, who... They took in 2018. He had bicep tendonitis, didn't pitch it all that year. 2019 pitches like nine innings in the big leagues, has to have shoulder surgery to get things cleaned up. Pitches and instructs in 2020, comes back in 2021, he just had Tommy John surgery. This is a player drafted in 2018 who has pitched 
20.1 innings so far in the minors, and they paid him $3 million, significantly over slot. But the Nationals go for arms. Bachman falling off the board. Uh, I could have made my life easier if I just put Freilich there and Bachman uh, one spot lower. I didn't. I didn't make it easy on myself. I didn't just do it for the sake of ease. Looking at the way this board shapes up, college arm-wise, you know, the other thing I should point out is looking at what the Nationals have done, you know, Cade Cavalli slid to them. Uh, Why am I blanking? Jackson Rutledge slid to them. Mason Denenberg was viewed as someone who could go higher. Seth Romero was a guy who, if he didn't have the off the field, would have gone higher. Uh, They don't necessarily have a distinct, distinct type. The question is, you know, who would they go with? I'm going to go with Ryan Cusick, the pitcher from Wake Forest. Depending on where you look, this is kind of the beginning of his range. And big guy, big fastball, uh, a lot of things that I think would appeal. The one thing that I will say with the Nationals is they tend to like guys who have fallen a bit, uh, but that's when they're picking in the 20s or 30s. They take the guy whose stock has been hit. The last time they had a pick this high, I believe, was Giolito. Let me double check that. Yeah, and he was... uh, well, Giolito was the 16th overall pick, so it was even later. And he was someone who slid because he needed Tommy John surgery. They haven't had a pick higher than this since Anthony Rendon in 2011, where going into that season, Rendon was talked about to be the favorite to be the first overall pick. Uh, Garrett Cole finally tapped into his potential. Rendon had a good year, but, I mean, the slide to six was still a bit of a slide for him. So, yeah, if you're looking at the sleeper for this one, who is the guy who's slid, whose values may be lower now than it was uh, on draft day, I could, or, you know, projected. Uh, one could argue Gunnar Hoagland with their injury history. Uh, you know, Hoagland would have been gone. I will say Matt McLean. If they're going to go position player, he was trending upwards. He honestly was. Uh, I know you're saying that Sal Freilich would make sense, but with... When you look at how they like the guys who are trending and the uh, the way they value up the middle talent and such, I think Matt McLean would have been the guy. But with the Mariners at 12, it's Freilich is someone they would run up. Uh, talk about a safe profile, safe player. McLean would be interesting to them there, but I think Freilich for the Mariners, uh, basically in this situation, that is your your main and, and your sleeper as well. So the Phillies at 13... Uh, Painter or Montgomery? I think I'm going to go with Benny Montgomery, the prep outfielder from uh, Pennsylvania. Very toolsy, lots of swing and miss, but you know, loud tools. When you got uh, Dave Dombrowski, you're looking at athletic outfielders or uh, pitchers with big velocity. Montgomery has been a hot name. One of three potential Montgomerys that could go in the first round. You're looking at Benny, Braden, and Colson. I'm just going with, you know, kind of the, the highest ceiling of them. Uh, and Benny seems to have the most talk amongst that group. So I'll slot him in here with Andrew Painter being the uh, sleeper because he's, he's not really a high-velocity prep arm. After him, Anthony Solometto, again, not a high-velocity guy, not necessarily the type. So Benny Montgomery at 13. Giants at 14. I had them locked into Colton Kowser in most of my mocks, but in this situation, because of the way things have played out, when you have a chance at Matt McLean, uh, I think he's, you know, an easy pick. He was trending in the right way. I think he's higher. I have him higher than uh, Colton Kowser myself. I think it's just a value selection for them. That does open up Kowser to then go to the next pick to the Brewers, an analytical-based team that looks a lot at production, 
It's how you take a guy like Ethan Small, who's viewed as a second-round talent, in the first round. Uh, they will go for an injured player. Like, if McLean was here, it would have been an even easier pick. Like, it's very easy to swap these two. Giants sleeper would have been Kowser for the Brewers. Uh, Jordan Wicks would be the sleeper, as the you know there's some similarity between his profile and Ethan Smalls. I think Kowser's just too good of a value of him as one of the top 10 players in this class. Before we continue on to pick 60 in this mock, let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsors. So Locker Room, I talked about at the top of the show. I actually did picks 1 through 51 in a Locker Room chat. I decided not to use that for the podcast, and I have already changed picks from that one side note, just from talking with other people since then. Uh, but if you want to hear things like that on Locker Room, it's just the quality wasn't as strong. I figured I'd rather use my Yeti than my uh, my noise-canceling headphones. So, but there's fun things like that. Anything you can imagine, there's a subgroup in Orbit over at Lock on the Locker Room app. Go check it out for yourself. It's a chance to, if you hop in, uh, we can have a chat. I've mentioned I had a nice conversation with a, a, co- a college-age uh, kid, because he's younger than me, and the Carolinas, who's a big Indians fan and Japanese baseball fan. So I had some fun talking about Alex Ramirez. So I keep bringing it up because that amuses me. But go over, check out Locker Room for yourself. Great site. Get a chance to chat with me about... Uh, you know, Indians draft, whatever it is. We've been talking about Wealthfront since they joined us on the show. Uh, you know, I'm someone, I've talked about the fact that I'm turning 40 this summer. Uh, you worry more and more about investments as you get older. And, you know, I've talked to my advisors. So the nice thing right now with this Wealthfront offer that we have for you, that is at wealthfront.com backslash locked on MLB, is they're going to manage your money for free up to the first $5,000. Uh, they're going to take, they, this is a company that has over $20 billion in assets, uh, reputable company in that regard, $20 billion in assets. You don't get that easily. Uh, and they're going to manage your money for free up to the first $5,000 for life. You go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on MLB, all one word to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. I'm going to repeat it again. That's amazing. Free for life. They're trusted with over $20 billion in assets. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com backslash MLB and get started today. Through about five picks in a segment, that seems about right. We're going to continue on now to pick 16 in this uh, draft discussion. With the 16th overall pick, we have the Miami Marlins on the clock. Now, they've been talked about some interest in some of the college players, if any of them slide. I just can't see it. When you have you know, a murderer's row at 12, 15, and 14 of college-heavy drafting teams, and they've been linked to a lot of high-ceiling prep players. But if you go back to 2019, they went college-college, and they went from big-name colleges. Last year, they went college with their top pick. I think they might be inclined to go college here. I think you know, you got a scouting director who was a college recruiter at Vanderbilt. I think all the players he recruited are now out. But, you know, I think there's a reason why they've gone with that college. After going high ceiling with kind of the first draft with that new ownership group, they've gone pretty conservative. And I think the conservative pick here is Jordan Wicks, the left-hander out of Kansas State. I am not high on him. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm going to change that. Let's go Ty Madden. He is probably the guy that some people are shocked to still hear. I know he's a top 10 talent on some boards. I don't think he's a slam dunk. I don't think he is quite the slam dunk that other people kind of portray or look at him as. I get he's a big guy, big velocity, but a lot of the data with him is just not as strong. It's he's and and the Big Twelve is okay. It's like the I would say the fourth best conference for college baseball. 
Uh, I know I'm going to start some stuff with that, but it's not like a grand conference. And he's been good, but he hasn't like been dominant. And it's kind of my concern with both him and Wicks, who are both Big 12 pitchers. I just wish we had seen a little bit more of that kind of high-end performance. Uh, I think at this point in time in the draft, though, he's a name. He's someone that, again, some people view as one of the top 10 players in this class. Some mocks have him going as high as the ninth overall pick. Time Madden's still on the board. I think they're going to, I don't think they're going to go prep there. Okay, so you got the Reds now. The Reds had been really conservative. Before that, they were very, uh, you know, they would take some big risks. Last year, they went for the riskier pick. I think when you're sitting there in a draft like this, you got Robert Ford, the catcher, who athletically could play probably any position on the infield. One of the best athletes in this class. One of those players who could easily go a lot higher. Uh, he's got elite pop times, things like that. There's reasons to think he could stick a catcher, but physical tools would make him profile anywhere. When you have the the Reds own this draft, they've got what three picks in the top 35. I want to say, or maybe it's the top 40. They've got a ton of picks. They've got a chance to spread that money around. But they can also just really replenish a minor league system that's a lot weaker now than it was a few years ago. Ford, I think, is good value here. He makes a lot of sense. And for the Reds, I think if you're going to go for ceiling, why not go with him? Cardinals at 18. They like big-time athletes. They also like big-time power types. So if I'm just kind of looking at my list of like, if Ford was still on the board, for instance, who won, I'm not doing myself any favors. Uh, you know, as I go through this, I could make it a lot easier on myself if I just was willing to shift things slightly. But I'm not. I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to be like, okay, so if I do this, then this is cleaner and this is cleaner. That's not how I go about it. I go about legitimately thinking how and what they're going to do. And it's like if I switch over and you talk about the Cardinals, it's been power bats and athletes. So who is the power bat athlete? I think Joshua uh, Baez. Six foot four inch, elite exit velocities. Doesn't turn 17 or doesn't turn 18 until the end of the month, one of the youngest players in this class. He's got the physical tools they love. He's got the power potential they love. He's got tremendous growth in ceiling when you're talking about a 17 year old kid. Uh, I think it's a pretty easy selection. I have thought he is a natural you know, Cardinals connection for a while now. Uh, so I think I would slot him in there. 19, Blue Jays. You can never go wrong. Oh, you know what? I realized I didn't give sleepers. So my sleeper at 16, if I'm going with Madden to the Brewers to go back, uh, sleeper could be Tyler Sweeney, the, uh, or Trey Sweeney, not Tyler. Trey Sweeney, the Eastern Illinois, uh, big production player, shortstop, you know, one of the hottest rising names of late. 17, if instead of Ford, the Reds decide to go with Painter, take the top prep arm. 18, uh, if instead of, you know, I could see Gunnar Hoagland taking the sliding pitcher if they decide to go the other way of going for ceiling as the sleeper for the Cardinals at 18. 19, Blue Jays. I'm going to go with Joe Mack. And this is a pick I've been consistent on because the Blue Jays love bloodlines. Almost every single early pick has had some kind of major league bloodline to it. That's just what they go for. It's something that stands out. I know Solometto has been linked to them, or Solometto, but 
Joe Mack, his brother Charles, was a you know an overslot signing with the Twins. He it's not the one downside with Mack is it's not a, a super sexy profile. You know, he's a contact hitter with good, not great. Like he's gonna be, he has a chance to be average to above average defensively and average to above average offensively. That's fantastic at catcher. Those don't exist. Again, I you know I talked about just being a 100 runs created plus catcher who could qualify for the batting title. There were two of those guys uh, who have been able to do that consistently over the last three years, two. So if Joe Mack can become that, and the Blue Jays have had a lot of interesting catching prospects, just none of them have quite taken yet. And again, you know, Kirk looks like maybe he could be the guy, and I'm blanking on the other catcher who they have in system. I mean, before then, so like Danny Johnson was the Danny something, I'm blanking on his last name, was the catching prospect, Jansen maybe, who was supposed to be the guy and it hasn't happened. You never know. But again, you can never have too many catchers. And if you have too many catchers, you have a fantastic trade asset. Uh, Who is the sleeper? It's like, who else has a a younger, I'm sorry, not younger, who else has an older brother who could be in uh, consideration with this? I don't know. Uh, We'll go some uh, Solomete Meto if, uh, because he's been linked there. So that's my sleeper. Yankees at pick 20. Uh, Gunnar Hoagland. They are a very conservative drafting team for the most part. They have not had issues drafting injured players. They have taken injured players before Clark Schmidt comes to mind. Hoagland's a guy who would have been gone. Like There's no way he's here if he's not hurt. Former first-round pick as a high schooler. High-level performance in the SEC over multiple years. They're not afraid. They'll take him there if he is sitting on the board right there. They don't typically go prep, but if they were going to go prep, uh, Solometto, they do seem to like to go in the New Jersey, New York area. So he's kind of the prep sleeper with him still on the board at this point. Uh, like I said, they, you know, Anthony Volpe was like the only prep player they've taken in the first round, I feel like, in the last 10 years. I could be wrong there. I can actually, you know, check that. And he was a he was a Jersey kid. If you believe the talk, you know, they wanted to take Mike Trout the year that, that he was drafted. They don't, like I said, they're one of the most conservative drafting teams. Uh, so Volpe, I forgot about Anthony Sigler, the catcher, uh, Blake Rutherford. So there has been like three in the last 10 years. Uh, but pretty much since 2013, it's been college heavy. And then their picks after the first round have been very college heavy as well. So yeah, that's, that is the Yankees selections or potential selections, at least how I view how they could go. Just going back to the order here. Chicago Cubs. So the, the hot talk early was Michael McGreevy. Now, last year, they went for ceiling with their picks. They went uh, ceiling up the middle, cold weather, Ed Howard. So who is your ceiling up the middle type? It's Will Taylor, uh, the outfielder slash what? He was a state champion quarterback, a state champion wrestler, uh, he's committed to Clemson to be a slot receiver and an outfielder. Uh, can absolutely run, as one would expect for a slot receiver. Projects to be a potential plus to plus plus defender. Question is, will he hit enough? Will he hit for enough power? Uh, he he uses the whole field already. He's got a mature approach. He he takes pitches. Uh, and this is a kid who is good enough to be, you know, an all-state quarterback. Think about the time that takes. An all-state wrestler, the time that takes. And to be a fantastic baseball player. 
once he's focused just on baseball, the sky's the limit. So if you're sitting there and you're a team that uh, looks for up-the-middle talent, uh, which I think is, again, a focus this year and was a focus last year for the people in charge of that team uh, in Chicago, I think that Taylor makes a lot of sense sitting there at 21. If they want to go the other way and go kind of back to the conservative route, Michael McGreevy, the uh, UC Santa Barbara pitcher, probably makes a ton of sense due to the fact he never walks anyone and has shown good development over the last few years. Let's take a break, talk about our sponsors. I talked about what's fun with Rock Auto last week is you can go there and you can go see what they have their rebates for. They have a whole section to let you know who's got rebates going on right now to get you the best deal. And again, I know with cars, we often focus on, I focus on the big pieces, the things I can't fix or change. You know what I can do? I can open my trunk though, and I can change the air filters and I can get a deal on that over at rockauto.com. As a matter of fact, they had rebates up for that over at Rock Auto. Remember when you go to rockauto.com, you're going to want to let them know the Locked On sense. You can write Locked On MLB, Locked On Indians, Locked On, some form of Locked On lets them know that and you heard about them thanks to advertising with us, which helps us, and you going there is going to help yourself. So remember, it is rockauto.com and the How'd You Hear About Us box. You're going to say, Locked On. Helps us, help you. Everything's great. Go check out Rock Auto for yourself. You won't regret it. It's a fantastic tool to make sure you're getting a great deal on all parts and pieces when it comes to your car. BetOnline is our official sponsor for all things lines. So BetOnline.ag is the site. When you go there, use the promo code LOCKEDON. That gets you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Whatever you can imagine, they have something for. Esports, poker. Uh, I talked about in the past, you can go and bet on politics, futures. Uh, we Before the season began, talked about all the uh, awards races. Anything you can imagine, if this is your thing, Go over to Bet Online today. Remember to use that promo code Locked On because you want to get fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. It, it's silly to not use the promo code, right? Like if you're going to go to Bet Online, who doesn't want that extra fifty percent added on to their total? Remember that is BetOnline.ag. Your promo code is Locked On. We're getting real close to that Indians pick. I know that's what people are thinking right now. You know, of course I ended uh, because it goes Chicago, Chicago, Cleveland. So we got the White Sox up, and I know everyone is linking them, and I've been told, like, you know, that the new front office is ready to take a new leaf and to change their approach, and that they are going to go with the prep player. Everyone's very focused on them and prep talent. And then I sit back and think, ah, are we so sure about that? Do we really think for sure this team's going to completely change their spots and go with, and after being the most conservative team in baseball, they're going to go out and add a high-risk prep player. I, I'm i incredulous. You know, and it's one of those things, like, much like a year ago, I refused to mock anyone but college town to the Rockies, even though I had pretty good information and I ended up being wrong. I'm going to live and die with models and past history over uh, conjecture because I've had people tell me the White Sox are drafting a prep player this year every year since 2013 uh it literally happens every single year i get told and maybe it will happen uh 2012 i let myself get talked out of a pick and i did mock them a prep player and i ended up being wrong so i'm gonna go with uh what might be a surprise but trey sweeney who is from eastern illinois a hot name illinois hot name rising up boards one of those uh smaller school guys Ohio Valley Conference, 
the other thing to keep in mind with the White Sox is what they like is low strikeout guys. He has struck out 10% of the time this year, a little under 12% for his entire career. He is a six foot four shortstop, probably going to move to third base. 382, 522, 712 slugging. That's right. He was utterly dominant. He is looking as like a potential late first rounder. You know, I thought Tyler Black would be the small school guy who kind of rises up. It's been Trey Sweeney. But again, Chicago also kind of likes to scout their area heavily. Him being from an Illinois school, I think Trey Sweeney is definitely a name to watch right there. Uh, sleeper. So if they're going to go, you know, if they're going to take a, a prep player, I would actually go with Andrew Painter. I wouldn't go with one of the bats. I think if they're to consider going with a prep player, Andrew Painter is just probably too good of a player to still be on their board. And that's who I'd go with to the White Sox. I keep forgetting to do, no, I gave one to the Cubs. It was McGreevy. So the Cleveland Indians. Um, I almost feel like I should just make them an entire part of the show because there's so many ways to look at this and you know again as a locked on indians you know they should have a huge focus and just i started out writing about the indians a lot of my early success as a writer came from my ability to kind of get into the heads of the indians uh i think joshua baez if he was still on the board the 17 year old we know they love so here's what we know they love contact models you know in terms of like what they look at contact based models high contact youth their age relative to level. Uh, they also look at tools, up the middle talent in general, and they do not get scared off by you know a funky delivery or one where some teams would take a player off their board thinking, oh, this guy's an injury risk. They march to the beat of their own drummer. Uh, Carson Tucker was an underslot pick a year ago, which they then used that money to help get Petey Halpin in the third round, who they paid like a borderline first rounder. They, I don't necessarily know if they'd consider going underslot here. So let's just look. There's four, you know, there's college pitcher, college hitter, prep pitcher, prep hitter. So let's look at those four and say who is the most likely of each of those. Chase Petty is for sure the prep arm that makes the most sense. The, you know, kind of funky delivery, big velocity, great current stuff, cold weather. He's a Jersey kid. Uh, He's not the biggest guy. His delivery scares him off. Those are reasons why, uh, you know, that doesn't scare the Indians, though. But he is, in terms of a prep pitcher, he fits their model. He's, uh, like I said, they're not worried about size. They're not worried about delivery. They like big stuff. The one maybe knock is he's kind of a one-pitch guy right now. Uh, you know, the secondaries aren't as high, but they have gone with, like, like I said, weird delivery guys, and I think Petty checks a lot of boxes. Michael McGreevy, the UC Santa Barbara pitcher, would be the most likely college player here in terms of pitching. Won't turn 21 until July. High-level production, never walks anyone, really fits what they did a year ago when you're looking at college arms. Peyton Stovall from uh, Louisiana is the prep hitter. Just that up-the-middle contact model they like, that is exactly what he is. Fit right in with every other shortstop, second-base type that is in the Indian system. Uh, if we let's see college hitter man it's been a while it's like pappy and zimmer were the last ones maybe matt nelson if we go a little off book who had the the big year at florida 40 combined doubles and home runs 23 home runs 17 doubles passable catcher 
uh, walked 13% of the time, struck out 25% of the time. And if they go under slot, he might make even more sense. But uh, he's been a high-level performance catcher who also could make sense if they go under slot. As I was going through and looking at all of these players, though, uh, I just kept, kept coming back to McGreevy. He fits so much what they did last year. Uh, a lot of those prep arms they've taken, they still don't have, you know, people love Lenny Torres and they love Ethan Hankins and they love Daniel Espino, but they don't have much to show for them. And there's a good chance that like Tanner Burns, who was drafted last year, is going to beat all of them to the majors. So I think they'll value McGreevy's. He fits the youth model. He fits their statistical projection model. You hear so much about Shane Bieber as they went to the same colleges and they both didn't walk anyone in college. Remember, they also drafted Kyle Nelson out of there too. But yeah, it's just, I think he's a good value. I think he's one of the top 20 players in this draft. High level production, rarely walks anyone, misses bats, young for his class. I'm just leaning towards McGreevy. Sleeper, uh, Stovall, the shortstop. Let me just make sure. Uh, I can tell you who won't be. That's Colson Montgomery, who turned 19 in uh, February. Uh, they do not like players who are old for their class. Stovall turned 18 in February. So, I mean, that's, again, like Stovall is a year younger than Montgomery, and they're in the same class. Uh, but, yeah, and they look at that stuff. They value age relative to level. There's, I mean, the only other 17-year-old I can really see all that high is uh, Carson Williams, the shortstop out of Torrey Pines. Would be a name to watch. And then uh, I was told that uh, Cody Schreier from Jay Sarah engaged Jump from Jay Sarah. They went out to, to scout Jay Sarah in mass. So kind of keep those two names in the back of your mind as well to the Cleveland Indians. One other name, Noah Miller. Owen Miller's little brother also fits there up the middle shortstop type of view. But for now, McGreevy at pick 23 to the Cleveland Indians. I've been Jeff Ellis. This is the Locked on Indians podcast. Of course, we're going to end with the Indians pick in this one. Remember to rate and review, download daily. Third edition of this is going to come out on Thursday. Thank you for listening. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.